I think I know what this is. I think I know where I'm going. I think I know what I want, but I'm open to that possibly changing. I'm open to, to something happening that, that helps me to see that, oh, this is actually what it's really about. You know, I thought I was doing this, but it's actually shown me that what I'm really doing is this, you know, it can really help us discover, um, greater meaning and it can take us from that place of sort of copying and emulation and all that stuff and and take us into a place of like oh holy shit i've i've really am starting to discover who i am in this this is way of the artist with brandon colby cook and evan schulte identifying your blocks and demystifying your struggles so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art Welcome to the show podcast, people. It's another one with Brandon and Evan. And uh, this one actually is kind of a throwback for us in a way, because we used to call these not so serious Sundays. That's the origin of it. And what we would do is we would just kind of free ball. We would just kind of go, let's just talk it out and let's find our way there. And this is kind of cool because if you haven't joined us for one of these conversations, you get to experience us kind of finding our way into this. We kind of have a bit of an idea of what we'll talk about, but we didn't come up with the title. We don't exactly know where it's going to go. And it's, you know, it's a bit more of a discovery conversation. So that's always pretty cool. But I think what we're talking about, Evan, I think what we're going to try to talk about <laughs> is we're kind of trying to talk about, you know, finding your own voice as an artist and, and what that is. And also the kind of the modeling and the copying that we do as artists where we play at something versus when we actually find our own like true authentic voice and create with it, which are kind of, they, they, they kind of overlap. But um, I think the goal of any serious artist and really any person that really wants to truly like take control of their life is to try to get to a place of real authenticity. So you're not just a, a copy of everything you've seen and heard and experienced where you actually have something really truthful come out of you. And you might not even know what that is until it comes out of you. It can be very spontaneous. So that's kind of the direction we're going in, you know, what this wind up being, we'll only know by the end of it. So thanks for joining us. And uh, I don't know if you got anything to add, Evan, but might as well throw it in now. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to, to be kind of, yeah, doing one of these throwback conversations where we just sort of hit the record button and go, um, with, you know, sometimes with no, no real idea or direction. And sometimes with just sort of a, you know, a glimmer of, of an idea to get into. It's not Sunday. So that's the one, <laughs> but that's okay. You know, you can have one of these conversations, no one has to know. <laughs> <laughs> but now I've, now I've outed us. Um, and nobody cares. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I, I think that, uh, there's going to be some, some, some good stuff that we can navigate into with this one, because I think that that's, um, you know, I think that this is one that will probably have a kind of, we'll, we'll probably be referencing a lot of, um, the arts in this one, particularly our own arts backgrounds that, that we have, um, because this is 
particularly pertaining. I'm interested in seeing if we can find some broader, uh, you know, implications to to some of these things. But, um, you know, and, and actually, now that I think about it, a, a few already come to mind because it's really sort of what we were talking about coming into this is is about learning, you know, like how we how we begin to learn things. And, and so coming at it from the arts, you know, like you're, when you're first learning to like act, you know, I'll go with whatever sort of like my first sort of thing was, you know, like learning to act, it was a lot of mimicry. And I'm actually like, and I'm a fairly solid mimic. I can do some pretty decent impressions and stuff like that. And, you know, it came as a result of, you know, I loved the movies as a kid, you know, it was like live theater, like where I wasn't really a thing where I grew up and where I was born, <laughs> at least not on a, on a high level. So it was movies, right? The movies were that magic for me and watching, you know, a lot of different, uh, actors who, who I liked, you know, it was like all the ones who entertained me and the ones who, and, and even beyond that, even just certain, um, you know, tropes in storytelling and, and scenes that, that would, you know, that play out that, that come up over and over again. And just beginning that, like a process as like a kid and a, and a teenager of sort of just putting myself into that, you know, like trying out how they said something or, um, you know, uh, trying on sort of an emotion or, or whatever. And, and that was, sort of where I I began, I would say, probably a lot of like my exploration in, into acting, my first sort of steps into it was all, it was all just sort of emulating and copying uh, the, the people who I liked, the people who I admired. And, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with, with doing that. But I think that if you stay in that space, if you stay there, um, that's when it can become a problem. I agree. I agree. I think it's a stage and I actually think it's a necessary stage. There's, there is nothing wrong with it. It's, it's actually, I think an essential stage in the progress of creativity because, you know, I think back to, um, I don't know, like a silly little thing, like, uh, you know, watching my parents, you know, do life and then modeling the way they did it as a kid. Um, you know, my mom used to wear heels. This sounds really silly, but I, I think there's a lot of little boys out there that, that did this. And I snuck into my mom's closet and put on her heels and tried walking around in them just to oh, see yeah. what it was like. I, I've you know? done that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and it's kind of embarrassing, but at the same time, when you're a kid, there's this kind of like, I want to try that. I want to see what that's like. And it's not that you're necessarily copying all the time but sometimes you're just you want to try it you want to do what they're doing and it's not even that you necessarily want to do it the way they're doing it but that's your best reference so you kind of do it the way they do it because that's what you've seen mm -hmm. and i think the more experienced artist they find they start to find the courage sometimes and the bravery to step outside of what they've seen and go like i just have this feeling I have this sense. I've never seen it done before. I have this idea or this vision or this, this sound of music in my head. And I just want to try it. And it's not that they 
they don't know where they got it from because there's no specific place, but it kind of somehow got collected inside of them, put through their own process, and now it could come out. And I think it takes a little bit of courage to put that out because sometimes you don't understand what's inside of you, you know, and it, it doesn't make sense. And because you have no reference point, you don't know if it'll be good because it's never really been done, but that's what makes it original. Um, but I do think the whole modeling um, period is very important. And I know for myself as a filmmaker, a lot of the early stuff that I made, I just thought it would be fun to do. And it wasn't my most original stuff, you know, but the thing is, is that it was fun. And that was the point. And I think a yeah. lot of our creativity, you know, it can begin by just being fun. And it's not about being original. It's just about enjoying the process of trying to create something that, or mm -hmm. even if you're drawing a cartoon character that you saw on TV, you know, that could be fun to do. It's not original, but it takes skill and technique and you have to learn. So it's all part of the process. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. There's so, there's so many areas I want to go into with, with everything that you've just said. Um, because yeah, it's like very often the, I, Hmm. All right. <laughs> because we, we think of, you know, we've even said like emulation is, is like a stage as if it's like a beginner stage. And the thing is, I don't know if it necessarily is just a beginner stage. It's sort of just like, uh, I, because I think that we continually become beginners again, um, in our lives, even in when we're in fields and crafts and art and, and artists and arts that, um, we've maybe been in for a long time, because I think that, you know, we can still look at, at something that someone has done and say like, that's really interesting what they just did. And I think that it's maybe learning to use that emulation from a different space. You know what I mean? Like having a different perspective on on that thing. Whereas when you're really green, you know, when you're a beginner, you're just like, I've never done this thing before in my life. You know, like I've never I've never written a script. I've never, you know, made a film kind of thing. You know, you're just sort of looking at the people that you like and you say like, all right, well, I want to try that and I want to try that and I want to see how how they did this and how this all works. And, you know, there's there's beautiful learning that happens in that that process. You know, there's a lot of really wonderful things that that you can take away from that. And maybe along the way, as you're doing that, you find these little windows where something of you kind of comes into it, where it's just like, OK, well, I'm doing this. I'm doing this scene or this shot that's like something straight out of a Quentin Tarantino movie, <laughs> Yeah. you know, but you know what? what if we did this, you know, and sometimes those little, those little what ifs are, are completely innovative, you know, they're completely, and, and they're really wonderful. And, and when you can pay attention to those things, you can start to get a sense of your own sensibilities. And that's, I think at an early stage. And then I think that as you get more experience and you start to, to get more sort of knowledge and technique and, and all of those things, and you start to become more in tune with your, those sensibilities, you can look at what somebody has done, you know, that you really appreciate and admire and you're inspired by, and you can go, well, that's really interesting. I want to try that just to see what it does to me, mm. you know, as opposed to, 
I'm just trying to copy and paste this. I'm actually going to do this because I want to see how I respond to that process. I want to see how I respond to tackling something in that way and see if it inspires something original in me. I like that. I mean, I, I think that's a, one of the better ways to come from modeling or, or you know, mo like just copying something is, is how does this feel for me? Like, I, I just think like when I was younger, like I wanted to make like these action movies and war movies and stuff like that. I just, the whole idea of getting things to explode and getting around, run around with guns and stuff and just, you know, be a part of something like that just sounded so fun. It looks so fun. Um, and I think when I was doing it from that place, there were some cool things that happened, but in the times where I was doing something to try and make it like something else. And, you know, this goes for writing and acting and other things too. It, that's when you kind of rob yourself of something because it's like, I'm doing it because I think this looks good and I want to look good or I want to be liked. Um, I remember getting an audition probably happened many times, but I remember getting an audition and then reading one of the lines. And I remember saying this to myself, I remember saying, Oh, I know how to say that line. And I look back at that and I go like, there's no possible way that you know how to say that line. Like now that I'm more experienced, I understand that. But at the time I realized that I was actually quite limited because thinking that I knew how to say the line as like, I found the answer to that particular part was somehow the one and only and the best answer. <laughs> yeah, It's so ridiculous, but you know, I think maybe there's a younger actor or a newer actor listening to this and going, wasn't that how it is? You know, like that's maybe what I would have thought. But then as you start to realize that the way you'll say that line will be a discovery to you in that moment. You won't even, if you're truly authentically doing it, if it's truly real and it's truly coming as a present dynamic thing that is absolutely unpredictable and totally interesting, you'll discover it at the same time everyone else does. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, and that takes a certain amount of letting go of control. It takes a certain amount of being willing to look like a fool um, yeah. being willing to do it quote unquote wrong. Cause you might actually do something that doesn't work. Um, but, but then you recover and, and just to carry this on, I was in acting class one time. I remember I was doing this scene with another actor and we, we had the scene in like a kitchen or something. And I think they were cooking. And at some point we got into a bit of a tussle and they spilt or we spilt like the spaghetti. <laughs> and I remember being like, oh shit. And I was like, I was like, at first I was trying to like, like that was a mistake. Right. And it was almost stopping the scene for me. And I remember my teacher going, work with it, use it, like use this, this is good, you know, and, and really encouraging that to be an okay thing. And yeah. when we both kind of stopped making it a mistake and we let it be a part of the scene, it made the scene actually way more interesting. And it was a totally unforeseen incident that no one had planned. It wasn't directed and it wasn't supposed to happen. But had I, if I positioned myself as a director in that scene and that happened, I might've been like, okay, you know what? we need to spill the spaghetti in the scene. Like, yeah, it should be spilled. Like that. What a great discovery, you know, but yeah. you can only discover it by 
fumbling through and letting the spontaneous moment occur. Yeah. And really, really allowing that. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's cause sometimes that can really make it. And that's a, like, just, this is a, a very sort of actor specific thing, but a lot of people don't realize that, you know, like a lot of these, like the plays and like, especially like a lot of the classics that are written, you know, there's these stage directions or, or just different directions that are given to the actor. And you read that and you go, it's just like, oh, okay, so you've got to do that. Or that's, you know, like, because they wrote that in. So often that stuff came in um, just because of the process of how um, a lot of of scripts are written. So like that was never there originally. But mm-hmm. then that script goes to like a theater company and they start workshopping it and whatever. And so the actors get a hold of it and the writers are very often present during those early stages, seeing their play up on its feet, seeing what works and what doesn't, some of the lines don't work. You know, there's there's a lot of sort of like fixing that goes along the way. But very often an actor does something that wasn't written there and everyone goes, oh, my God, that was incredible. Put that in. Right. And so it becomes and then it becomes printed. And then we kind of get an attachment to, okay, well, this is what has to be done, not realizing that it was something that came spontaneously from a, from an actor, from a performer in, in that moment that created it. And it's bizarre because then we as actors try to like just repeat that, just try and recreate as opposed to just like, well, let's just do like the, the fundamental things right and see what kind of spontaneous stuff happens for us. You know what I mean? Because then that's that's real. That's something that's come out of this moment as opposed to some moment that happened for somebody before. Right. But I think that that's that's a really interesting part of this conversation about emulation, because that's so often the case is is someone does something truly incredible, you know, like uh, in, in whatever they do. And you see it, you see what they've done and it takes everybody's breath away. And then we go about this process of trying to like, just recreate that thing. Whereas that's not like if, if that person in that moment, we'll just use actors so I can get more specific, but like so often people get, I I find that actors get hung up on the wrong things. You know, they see like an actor on stage or whatever, do something and they get hung up on some little detail about what they did. It's like, Oh, in that moment. And then they did this with their voice or they, or when they turned away or this or that. And, and it really like, it genuinely strikes something in that, that actor, but then they just try and just copy it. You know, they just mm-hmm. try and, and, and whatever, because they think that that was the thing that made it great. Not realizing it was the thing that was underneath it that made it great. The, the, like where it came from that made it great. And that thing, you know, if we've discussed anything about sort of genuine creativity on this show, it's an unknown, right? Like that, that actor, that thing that they did, they didn't necessarily know that they were going to do that. And it just happened. And that's the reason why it was great. And but like this is like the weird kind of confusion that happens. It was one that I know that I had, which was like, okay, like you have to control all of it. You have to um, I don't know. You have to force those moments into being. You have to, you know, manipulate it to be that way. 
as opposed to, you know, when I learned just like, no, if you just let go, you know, and take care of these other things, those moments take care of themselves, mm-hmm. you know, and you also don't know what kind of a moment is going to hit somebody either. You no, know, you like, don't. It, yeah. It, it, it's, it's, I mean, the thing is, is that it's, we're so arrogant in many ways to think that we know, right. To even think that we know ourselves and it's, it's just kind of the, it, it's, I think that we have culturally, we have a lot of confusion around things. Like I think in, in this day and age, a lot of people are under the impression that they need to know who they are, that that's like something that you need to know that you need to have figured out. And I think there's things that you can know what you stand for. There's things you can know that like, I, I truly feel this is good and this is not good. You know, I feel like this is the kind of person I would like to be and the kind of person I wouldn't like to be. But you saying like, I'm this person that I would like to be, or I'm this person I wouldn't like to be is inherently false because the only way to know that is in hindsight. And in hindsight, it is not even, it's not even clear because For example, I use this example in my course that I teach about knowing yourself and about, um, you know, who are you as a person? And naturally, when we tell a story, we usually don't tell stories that make us look bad, just on on, in general. (laughs) Sometimes we do, but sometimes we do tell stories that make us look bad, but it's really to make us look good. Because what we're really doing is we're trying to show people we're humble or trying to make them laugh or something like that. So we're really yeah, not yeah. doing things that are that are honest that way, right? So I shared this story where um, one of my, well, my best friend at the time in high school, him and I were kind of having a bit of a tiff. We were fighting kind of whatever. We were just kind of mad at each other, right? And I was kind of annoyed with them. And I remember we were in class and this bully started picking on him. And I could have stood up for my friend and I could have stopped it, but I didn't because I was upset with my friend. And then he looked at me and I saw him look at me because I hadn't stood up for him. And I felt so much shame after that. I felt embarrassed. I felt weak. I felt like it wasn't the person I wanted to be. And if you were watching that in a movie and you saw me do that, you would think that guy's a, that guy's an asshole. That guy's a, like a loser. I don't like him. You know what I mean? And and you yeah. shouldn't because it's not a likable quality, right? And the other thing though is that I've had that moment was a teaching moment. And if I'm honest about it and I don't deny how I was and I don't pretend that I don't excuse myself for my actions, if I own the fact that I was weak at that moment and that I was cowardly at that moment and that I was, you know, petty. It allows me to have character growth. It allows me to have the opportunity to be that guy that I know I want to be. That was a teaching moment of who I don't want to be. And I decided after that had happened that I'll never not stand up for somebody because I'm upset with them. And I was joking with my friend on the weekend and I said to them, you know, I don't always like you but I always love you (laughs) or I love you always. I don't always like you, but I love you always. But that's kind of, you know, that, that kind of quality is 
yeah, you know what? It doesn't matter. I might not like you in this moment. I might be upset with you, but my love, my, my th- which is more my character, that's not going to go away. So I might not like you in this moment, but this love that we have is never threatened because whether I like you or not, that way we can be honest with each other. We can tell each other the real things we need to tell. We can say what we really need to say. We can be in our integrity. We might not be happy with it. We might even be just be having a bad day and we're going to have forgiveness and grace for each other. But this love, this love isn't going to be threatened by those petty little things. But this little high school version of me had to learn that. Now, am I defined by that high school moment? If you think I am, then you're limited. And if I think I am, I'm limited. Because we are all going to have moments that are that are not good moments, but they don't make us who we are. And yet we carry these things in our life and we say, I'm like this and I'm like that. And it's like, no, you're not. You're you're the worst piece of shit in the world and you're the best human being in the world all in one package. You're, you're, you're all of that all the time. And at any moment, you could flip into one or the other. You could, you could, you could be the hero of the story all the way to the end. And then you could do something absolutely devastating and you could destroy the whole thing. Or you could be the worst person in the world. And then all of a sudden there's a moment where it really matters and you show up in the most important way. And it's like everything you ever did is almost forgiven. So who are you really? It's all inside of you. So part of, I think this talk is like, if we can carry that kind of like, I don't really know who I am for sure. I, I, I can be anything that, that I want. And then you just go, well, I'm going to try to be these things. Cause that's what I want to be, but you're still, even if you want to be it, you're not it, but wanting to be is a, very admirable thing. It's a very wonderful, amazing thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, um, the want to want it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's not just wanting to want it though. Like it's like you genuinely like, like wanting to be a good actor and not being a good actor, but wanting to be is a very admirable thing. Mm-hmm. Wanting to want actually means that you want to want to be a good actor but you're not willing to do what it takes to be a good actor you're not willing to even try so yeah. you know the I, uh, sorry i just i had to stop that one in its tracks because like there is a lot of wanting to want you know mm-hmm. that we do and we need to call ourselves out on that and we say no you know what i'm not really doing it i want to want to do it but i'm not yeah. doing it and that and then, you know, and not making yourself like lazy or bad because you're not doing it, but just going like, that's the honest truth, mm-hmm. you know, because the truth at the end of the day is, I think, a key element to this conversation we're having. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, you bring up an, an interesting, um, you bring up an interesting uh, side to this, to this story as far as like, you know, I, and I don't know if we're getting sort of off of our original topic or not, but whatever, this is the not so serious. So we'll, we're, we're, we're just going where we're, we're just going where the wind blows. Um, but basically that, you know, we, we so often, like we, we desire to have just sort of like hard, fast rules for things in our lives and, and, you know, guiding principles, like, you know, Hey, like I'm, Guiding principles are like, to me, like they're a double-edged sword because they can, 
they can really help you and they can really screw you <laughs> and they can really limit you at the same time. And like, you know, because it's like everything is so, it, it, I think that the, the negative side of it is that it can keep us from being able to actually truthfully respond to the moment, the reality of, of our lives, you know, from second to second. That's kind of what, what can happen because we're constantly projecting these sort of things in our mind onto the situation. And it keeps us from very often being able to properly see whatever situation it is. So like, for example, like I myself am, I mean, I don't know if I would consider myself a pacifist, but I'm, I'm pretty like borderline on that. Like I have no, I have no sort of, it's all so dependent on the circumstance, right? Like uh, as a general thing, I'm not a, I'm not a believer in violence to solve problems. You know, like, it's just like that, that's, uh, and I've never, I've never, I, I could say never really been in a fight before in my life. You know, like I've always managed to, um, you know, create sort of a peaceful situation and resolve situations as, as they've like come up. Um, just because I'm like, well, like, what are we going to just start beating on each other? Like, it just seems that just seems kind of like a stupid thing to do. So if my whole thing was just like, oh, well, I just don't believe in violence and I will never yada, yada, yada. But then if I'm, and, and I've thankfully never been put into this position, but like, if I was just, I don't know, out in the world one day walking through a park or something, and I saw somebody like harming a child, like hurting a child, you better fucking believe that I'm going to probably get violent with that person. You know what I mean? Like this is, it's an extreme sort of example, but it's one of these things where it's like, you can't just have hard rules because life doesn't operate that way. You know, it's moving and it's changing and it's shifting. You know, there's always, you know, every sort of principle that you have has a circumstance that it hasn't met yet. Yes. <laughs> and it probably has several circumstances that you haven't met yet. A million. I mean, it's like, you just never know until you're there. You don't know what's going to happen. I mean, you don't know what you're made of. I mean, that's, I think, I think in our culture, I mean, it's so comfortable. It's, it's just like, for especially Western culture. I mean, it's so easy on us. Like people say their life's hard, but it's so easy on us, like compared to what it could be, you know, but we normalize it. And we, we think that a hard day for us is like, oh, I had to stay late at work or, you know, I didn't get enough sleep or, you know, I don't have enough money right now or whatever. Like we think that's hard. And it's like, that's not fucking hard. You have like, if you really want to know what hard is like, <laughs> you can look outside of your little bubble and you can start to find out like, you know what it is. And also like, look, we could lay out a series of situations, you know, as a writer, this is something you, you might do where you might go, okay, well, let's say you're my character who's quote unquote pacifist, the guy that doesn't believe in violence. All I need to do is develop that character, put that kind of point on him and then push him as far as I fucking can to get him to be violent. 
you know? And then I, I, and then I watch this character go and I get people to watch this character go from being a passive anti-violent person to seeing what it would take to get them to be violent, you know, to, to get them to participate in that. And that could be just to prove the point that, you know, there is, there is a place, you know, that, that, that violence for everybody, you know, and maybe, maybe the person still says, well, I won't be violent. And maybe, you know, maybe there's a consequence of it. Right. The thing is, is there's, there's an infinite number of things. And until you're put in the situation, you don't really know what you'll do. And that's why I say like, we don't really know who we are. And I think to kind of bring this back to what we started with, you know, the playing it stuff, playing it stuff is an attempt to find out who you might want to be, mm-hmm. who you might want to play at. Because like the guy I am today is just a series of things I've decided to play with. But like what's inside of me and what's possible could be totally different. And, and provided that I met different people and had a different journey in my life, maybe you and I didn't meet, maybe I dated different people. Maybe I took on some different jobs or maybe a certain job went through that didn't go through things like this. Who knows who I'd be because there would have been a whole new different set of experiences and a whole bunch of things I might've played at. And I think that, we kind of struggle with that because we like to think that there's this thing inside of us that's like going to keep us true all the time, but that might be kind of true, but we're also, we have enough experimental evidence um, through science and stuff to show that we get socialized. And if you're in a certain environment, you will, you will evolve to your environment. And does that make you that environment? No, it just makes you something that's living in it and participating in it. So, you know, if you find out that, hey, I'm in a a toxic environment and I'm toxic as well because I'm playing a part in it, being able to separate yourself from that means that you need to not identify with the environment or the group or the life story. So freedom which I think is my ultimate point here is seeing that you don't know. And, and by willing to, to, to go into the unknown, not because you know, what's there, but because you know, what's inside of you is having conflict with, 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 with the known, that's what makes you go to the unknown. And that unknown is, is the place when the known is not right when it's not working. And I think everybody has a little bit of both, you know, some more than others, but you have a little bit of the known that's working and a little bit of the known that isn't working. And the problem is you won't let go of the part that isn't working and you're defining yourself by it with it. And, and it's limiting you and it's confining you, you know, and I think it plays into art just as much as it plays into life. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, I, I I love what you said. I I'm just sort of like hung up on a couple of <laughs> words that you said a little while back. I'm like that's that's quotable for me, but like um you said, um freedom freedom is realizing you don't know. It was something like that, or freedom is seeing that you don't know. That was it. It was seeing. Freedom is seeing that you don't know. Really seeing that you don't know. Um. 
That's great stuff, man. That's really great because like I like I've you know a lot of my my own experiences tell me that that's like yeah that's that's true which makes it kind of so funny because that is so opposite to how you know most of us live our day-to-day lives we think freedom comes through knowing yeah right like if i i just got to know more stuff if yeah i've got to know more and you know there's that whole <laughs> old adage of uh, you know, that's been around for years where it's just like, you know, that, that sort of almost philosophical, you know, joke that just like, the more, you know, the more you realize you don't know. Right. But so many, how many of us are caught in this trap of just, just like, yeah, but I swear once I know this, <laughs> then I'll be, then I'll be free. Then I'll... <laughs> then I'll really be good. But it's like, it's, it's craziness. It's, it's, and, you know, just through, you know, again, like for, for myself as a, as an actor to bring it back, like that was, that was such an incredible, um, realization for me was, you know, kind of this, this journey of where it started as something that's like, it was just fun. It was just play. And, you know, yes, there was emulating and mimicking, but I was figuring some things out along the way. And I had certain qualities to my acting, I, you know, when I first started out that people really enjoyed because it was just like throwing caution into the wind. I'm just going for it. Even if I'm copying somebody, I'm just going for it, <laughs> you know, a hundred percent. Yes. And, and that, opened up certain opportunities and doors for me that allowed me to take next steps. And then, you know, I, I went and I got training. I learned how to, you know, be technically more proficient and understand more about the mechanics of, of what I was doing. Um, but then I fell into the trap of thinking that that was, that was it. Like that was, that was what I do was these mechanics. Mm -hmm. Um, and in that mindset, I lost a lot of the beautiful qualities that I'd started out with. You know, I even had people say that to me. They're like, you know, when you started, you had these things. And I was like, holy shit, I lost these qualities. How did that happen? And it was like, there was no more joy because it was just acting had become just this set of mechanics and how you do it right, because there's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it now. Whereas that wasn't really a, a thing for me you know, when I first started out, it was just, it, it was more so a thing I just played with. Um, not that my acting was perfect when I was young. I had a lot to learn for sure. But after going through a period of just like this sort of joyless acting for a while, where I just was, it was really just looking at it in, in the wrong way, I guess. And then discovering that it was that place of not knowing that once I, I learned, you know, and this was through training, which is like amazing that training can do that for you. But, you know, came, came across a, a really wonderful teacher who took me through a process and suddenly it was just like, oh, holy shit, my work is so much better if I don't know. Mm. If I approach this, if I walk out here and, and start this scene from a place of I don't know, 
and and always being in a place of I don't know. It it was it was like it's like I'm free, like I'm absolutely free again. It was like kind of getting it back, but at the same time I was getting something new as well because I had all of this other stuff that you know I learned along the way, but I now had the freedom to use that knowledge or not use that knowledge. I, you know, I, I could, I could go anywhere. I could do anything. And, and it was exciting. It was fun. And all of these, these wonderful things. So, um, I don't know necessarily where I was going with that. I was just trying to affirm, you know, the point, the, the point that you made of, of just like, yeah, freedom is seeing that you don't know. I think that's just wonderful. It's, I thought what you said was great. And I think it pairs with acting and I totally am on board with, with all the experiences you had in that medium. And I've also had that experience with writing and I guess with filmmaking to some degree, but definitely it's like, I think the thing is you learn the craft, you learn technique so that you can forget it. But the early stages, you think you're learning it so that you know it. You're thinking you learn it so that then you have the answer. And the truth is you learn it so that you don't need it. But if you don't learn it, you're kind of, it's harder to be self-guided. Like this is something, and you and I identified this early on, you know, we, we've talked about this a lot where it's like people watch a performance or they read a script and they see someone do something really well. And then they write a book about it. And then they, tell you, this is how you do it. And really all they did was observe a performance or observe a story. And then they broke down how it was done as though that's some technique to like, do it again. But the problem is, is that when that happened, most often it didn't happen out of technique. It happened out of spontaneity. But then when you try to technique it, you create a, a a fake, you create a copy, a carbon copy of it. It's not real. It's, it's remnants of the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I think it's that kind of a hollow shell. It's like a hollow shell. Yeah, exactly. And there's these things and I see it. Um, I see it particularly with writing, but I think that with like writing, particularly with storytelling, I actually think it's really, really good to try to learn the rules, like, like guidelines, rules, you want to call them that, but they're not real rules, but learn them so that you can break them, learn them so that you can bend them, learn them so that you can, you can manipulate them, move them around. Um, James Cameron, who's uh, doing a course I'm doing right now on masterclass. Um, he, he, I've only done a bit of it so far, but everything he says has just been really, really good in this course so far. And, um, you know, he was talking about like the three act structure, for example, in a story. And he's like, there, you need to learn the three act structure so that you can talk about a story to other writers and other people, because people understand the three act structure, but you don't need to have three acts. You could have five acts, seven acts, four acts. You could have a whole bunch of different things. You could be like Tarantino and mix up the acts and throw them in different orders, you know, but the thing is, is that you learn them so that you have a basic context and in, in the ability to communicate it. But mm-hmm. he, he really kind of made me see that, you know, he, he just articulated in a way that really helped me kind of see that, yeah, a lot of these things are 
are only so that you have a basis of communication or a basis of understanding to kind of go like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of worked it like this, but then I let it go, you know, but the early creative is rigid with those things. They stick to it. They like try to, they try to do it as it is. And that's the problem because that's writing like, you know, and I know that something I've learned through writing and I guess through acting as well is that when you do that, you always rob yourself of something. If you let go of that, you, it will serve you when you need it. It'll be there when you need it, like a tool that you need, like, oh, I need to, I need to amplify the stakes here, you know, like as a writer mm-hmm. and then, you know, okay, well, I need to, you know, I need to make the emotional drop lower and I need to make the climax higher. I need to, you know, or whatever, even if it's not the whole story, but it's just a scene where I need to, I need to make the arc of the character change more over the course of these next two minutes. Like I need, I need them to have more of a discovery. The discovery needs to be a bigger thing, but you understand how to articulate that in your head, what you're trying to do, but it's not a rule. It's just, it's a, it's a process that you're applying going, Oh, this was a technique I learned along the way. And you're using it to assist yourself in a discovery because, you know, I talked about this last podcast and this is the last thing I'll say about this. You paint your character into a corner. You don't know how to get out of that's Mm -hmm. the unknown. But if you paint them into a corner, you know how to get out of it's boring, you know? So you got to try to push yourself into areas that are uncomfortable and areas that are, you know, that make you, that force you to dig, that you got to dig inside to find it. And then don't wimp out when you can't find the answer right away. Like just keep digging and digging and digging and struggle and bang your head against the wall. And just like, ah, there's something in here and I got to get down in it. And then when you find it, it'll be super rewarding. You know, Um, that's just writing. I feel with acting or painting or filmmaking or anything else, it's, it's a little bit different in those mediums maybe, but it's essentially the same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I mean, I've, I had a, you know, an acting teacher say the the exact same, you know, phrase that you did, like as an actor, it's like you paint yourself into a corner, hmm. right? Like it was like, you've got to paint yourself into a corner in terms of, you know, how you've sort of um, set yourself up in this, in this world, you know, how, but like, I, I think that um, it's interesting that we, we've gotten into some of this territory about, you know, like technique and, and knowledge and, it's it's place and where it's how it's useful and and knowing it so that you can just you know throw it away um because yeah and and very much it a lot of it does actually come down to a certain kind of convention of language you know like uh i you know like i've i've got like this this book coming out in in a little while um for actors and like one of the things that I took on just as like a small sort of like part of it, right. Was I, I did sort of a little, a little critique and reimagining of the kind of language that actors use, Mm. right. The kind of stuff that, you know, you and I like were, were exposed to in classrooms and it's like, yeah, there's a function to it to be able to talk about objectives and stakes and obstacles and, and, you know, all that kind of beats and all this kind of shit. Right. But there's a certain level to which I was challenging some of it because I'm like, well, 
let's not lose the what these things mean you know like let's get to the real meaning of it because th there's a lot of sort of that language that i just i don't care for it i don't care for talking about um you know how human beings are <laughs> you know like what what it's like to be human in terms of you have obstacles and you have objectives and you have state like i'm just like this is this is some of it's a little bit crazy to me but i understand that there's sort of a function in being able to discuss that to a certain level and i remember a certain point you know where i was all about that stuff you know like having you know those 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 coffee sit downs with your fellow like actors and and who you were in class with and stuff and and talking about you know it's like you know what i really need to go for my obstacle the next time i go on that scene that's what it needs to be and and now just sort of being like being like yeah 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 like uh objectives yeah i get it like i get it like i get the get what it you know that stuff i i i still use these things i still apply these things to a certain extent but i just have a different place for it now <laughs> you know it's not the thing anymore you know that's that i'm like yeah this is what's gonna drive my acting to being incredible it's just like yeah no this is just this is just helps to lend a shade you know of a color a shade to to what i'm doing right but it's not it's not the whole thing. I can't hang my hat on on any one of these things in in particular. Um, you know, I always bring this up, probably on this this podcast, but you know, to like my students as well. It was something that uh, Daniel Day Lewis said in an interview um, many years ago, but basically saying like, you know, it's all about developing an understanding that will enrich you in the moment. Right. Like, so it's, it's not about saying like, okay, look at me play my objectives in this scene, what I'm after in this scene. It's just like, no, it's just, it's, it's there. Like, it's just, it's, it's, you've done it so that you don't have to think about it. You know, like you've given that, that, that concept, some consideration and, and, and felt, felt into it. For a period of time but now it's like it, that's not that's not the whole thing and you're making a big mistake if that's what you're doing you know what i mean like but it's there to enrich which i think is part of the challenge and it's one that i know i've dealt with and i see a lot of you know actors and artists deal with is trust mm -hmm. you know it's like you have to trust that that work that you did is going to show up on its own accord Right. And, but we, going back to that control thing, we think that we have to like, you know, whip it out. We've got to like, just like, okay, that work that I did, I've got to whip it out while I'm up here on stage and I've got to wave it around in front of everybody and say like, look, 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 <laughs> do you see it? Do you see it? Do you see everything that I've done? Oh, and man. it's just, are we still talking about art or? <laughs> well, this is what I, but I'm like. Scared. No, no, no. Like I, cause like I, I yeah. realized what I was saying at a certain point. I'm like, there's a, there's, I, I realized the double entendre of what I'm saying, but it's honestly, it's kind of the same thing to a certain extent. Just when you're like, it's not the same thing, but it's, it's obnoxious. Yeah. You know what I mean? Re one way or the other, it's obnoxious and don't do it. Don't wave that shit around, you know, like go on that, that I don't know journey 
of what's going on. You know, maybe you don't know what you're what you want in this scene. Maybe you don't really know what your objective is. You think you know what it is, but maybe if you open yourself up, you'll discover that there's something much bigger going on. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something I learned through through writing, and I think this kind of uh, you know on the love loss script that I wrote because I wrote it like a play. And I was gonna uh, fully intending to put it up on stage, um, but you know something I learned through that process was that the objective, the objective really can change as you go through the story. And so there is what the character thinks they want, and then there's what they. And then there's what they need. And both of those things are often actually quite unknown to the person. So like, like what you think you want is sometimes not really what you want. And so you're going for this thing you think you want. And this is like life, right? You're, you're, you're going for this thing you think you want. And at a certain point in the story, you realize, I thought I wanted this and now it's become that. And so you were wrong up until you had this discovery because, but it was true that you were going for what you thought you wanted because you thought you wanted it. And like, this is kind of the complexity of storytelling. When an, when an actor is playing a scene, I, I, I really think that, you know, you can look at it and kind of, and kind of recognize that like, there's no definitive, there's no definitive answer to this stuff. Although it looks like there is, there's this whole, this whole area of unknown because I often find that when I write stuff um, and I, I'm just finding this more and more as I've, as I've written more was that people will tell me things that they saw in the writing that I didn't see, but I was, but when they tell me, I'm like, well, that's true, but I didn't, know that that was true so like um you know you're, you're trying to do something and if you don't control it too much you you don't realize that like you think you're doing this but you're really doing that and you know try like i feel like i'm talking kind of crazy here but like like in a weird way but like okay let's say you're, you're on a date and you think you want this person to like you so you're going to go out and impress them. So your, your, your tactic is to do blah, 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 blah. And I'm going to impress them and I'm going to get them to like me. And partway through this experience, you start to realize that them liking you or them being impressed by you is not actually important. So what do you do now? Right? Do you just give up? Do you walk away? Do you end it there? Or do you open yourself up to something else? Maybe this date, maybe this thing you're on is something different that you didn't know and didn't expect. And I think that like good storytelling, good acting, good filmmaking, it has an element of this quality where you, you kind of look at it like there's something happening beyond what I think is happening. And so you don't, you're not so arrogant as to say like, I know but you say like, I think I know, <laughs> I think I know, I think I know what's going to happen, but then I don't. And that's, 
that's that great little kind of conflict that we need. We need you to think you know what you're doing because, and I can tell you why this is so important as a writer and as a director, because you thinking you know what's going to happen and then it changing, that's lightning in a bottle. That's what we're trying to capture. So if you don't it's the leave spaghetti room, on the floor, it's the spaghetti on the floor. Exactly. Thanks for <laughs> tying that all in, man. It's the spaghetti on the floor and in the spaghetti on the floor throws, it flips the boat. It throws everything off. Cause now I'm in this fight with this girlfriend probably, or this friend of mine, I don't remember what it was. And now we have to clean up the spaghetti. We have to deal with the spaghetti together. And it just, if you're open to that, it can show the relationship. It can show the love. It can show the teamwork. It can show all sorts of stuff. And in the meantime, you're like fucking yelling at the person and saying shit. And at the same time, you're like, you, if you really have built the relationship with them, all of a sudden that's going to bring something out. And that's just magic. You know, it's, it's magic. And, you know, that's the thing. That's the, that's that, that, it is the magic spaghetti sauce, man. <laughs> it's that stuff that you got to leave a little room for. And I think, I think it is to think, you know, because I think when you write a script, you don't want to go into it willy nilly. And, and I'm pretty sure, you know, you could probably say this with most things, doing a painting, making a song, anything. You don't go into it totally willy nilly. You kind of go into it with like, okay, I think this is what I'm going to do. And then when you start getting into it, then you let the new thing that you didn't know was happening happen. And it, it just mm -hmm. goes beyond what you think you're going to do. And then maybe you go, well, no, I thought I was doing this. And now I think I'm doing that. And then that changes. And it's, oh, I thought I was doing this. And then that, now I think I'm doing this. And that all those twists and turns and discoveries of you finding your way, they're not only, I think, what makes your art truly fascinating, but it makes you kind of fascinating to you because it's all new you know it's all something that's happening yeah it's alive you're, yeah you're because you're yeah you're really engaged like you've you've brought another you know i think uh really interesting piece into this conversation of and interestingly this has been kind of about like knowing and not knowing and thinking you know and not yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it, i i love it i love it um, but you know, the whole thing of like thinking, you know, what you want is a really, is a really fascinating side to this for me, because, you know, I, I think that that's, that's sort of integral to everything that we've been, we've been talking about, you know, like you're starting out, you want to do this thing, you know, and you know, you want to do this thing. You have no experience with how you're going to do this thing. You only kind of have that you know what you've seen before and what you've seen in other people and the shit that you think that's kind of cool and whatever and and so you think that that is what you want you know and in like you said in many ways it is like in many ways it there it's it is what you want but it gets you going like it gets you moving it gets you heading in 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 the direction and i think that it's really about while you're in that space of sort of that that beginner's space, which is such a beautiful place to be, um, the beginner's mind, as they say, and but to, while you're in that space of of being open, you know that that I think that you've 
spoken about beautifully here of, I think I know what this is. I think I know where I'm going. I think I know what I want, but I'm open to that possibly changing. I'm open to, to something happening that, that helps me to see that, oh, this is actually what it's really about. You know, I thought I was doing this, but it's actually shown me that what I'm really doing is this, you know, it can really help us discover, um, greater meaning and it can take us from that place of sort of copying and emulation and all that stuff and and take us into a place of like oh holy shit i've i've really am starting to discover who i am in this i'm really dis- starting to discover um what my expression is you know and and that's an ongoing process that's a never ending ongoing process and that's not a that's not a sad thing that's not a thing um, to for us to kind of bemoan that it's like, oh, what? It's never going to end. It's like, yeah, it's never going to end. Isn't that incredible? Like there's ne- like there's going to be twists and turns the whole ride of your life. You know, there's going to be twists and turns and you take what you've got at this moment and you head towards that thing that's exciting with whatever you have and 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 be open the whole time to being shown something new to to growing learning um you know having everything completely turned on its head and embracing it you know embrace that spaghetti on the floor because it's like <laughs> you know the acting metaphors are really terrific for this because you know actors always talk you know in the classroom it's just like oh those unexpected moments are the best you know like mm. they are they're those things that that can really just set a scene off, mm-hmm. you know, like they can really just do something quite, quite extraordinary. Like, yeah, like the the spaghetti falling to the floor, <laughs> you know, and like it and it's funny because, yeah, like it's one of those things where as actors, you know, you'll go like, oh, shit, like this happened, like you were talking about like this the scene is ruined the scene is like do we even continue on but then it's just like you let that thing happen and you have an audience just captive just being like holy shit that spaghetti just hit the floor and these two are having an argument they're getting into it while they have to clean the spaghetti up you know like there's something so like like i never saw this when this happened you know but like I'm just picturing it and I'm just like, that's just beautiful. Like how incredible, just some, you know, like a domestic spat, an argument happening, you know, over the course of cleaning up this mess that you've now made, you know, like there's something so beautiful about that image that I've created in my mind about it, which maybe is nothing like what it actually looked like, but there's something really extraordinary about that, you know, and and it comes out of something that was not planned, was not anticipated, but it can, if you take it and you go with it, something really incredible happens. Like, I, I don't think people necessarily always understand these little things that happen, you know, no. and, and no, we definitely don't. Yeah. I mean, like, let's take this further, right? Let's kind of go back to kind of where we started. We talk about emulating, right? Modeling and copying. So let's say someone sees this scene. And they go, oh, I get it. We need to have an error happen. We need to have a mistake happen. 
So they manufacture it. And there's something inauthentic about the way it's manufactured, right? And it's like, I know what I'll do. I'll manufacture this mistake and then they have to clean it up. And you you don't understand, well, why hasn't it got the same quality, right? Because it's like you're trying to take something as the strategy. And when life is spontaneous, the strategy is in the spontaneity. It's not in the copying of something you've already seen or something that's already been done. It's, it's in the moment of letting that moment be the thing you're dealing with. If you're going to take anything from the spaghetti story, and I, I mean, I know you know <laughs> this, but I, I say this you know, to our audience out there, but it's like, take that by opening yourself up to things going awry, to things not going as planned, to things being a discovery, you allow the potential for something to happen that's not in your spectrum or, or your peripheral or your, just your, your vision of the plan. And, you know, to further this whole point, needing things to go to plan all the time is part of the problem. That somehow the plan is perfect. This assumption that the plan is perfect it's just not true. You know, it's like, yeah, we need to, we need to kind of give ourselves room to have, a, to have our, our lives and our art happen outside of what we think and what we plan yeah. for a little bit more abandon. Yeah. Yeah. It's like just your, your story. I've never heard that one. Actually, I thought I knew so many of your acting stories, but that's a great one. <laughs> Might've been like, before we met actually. Maybe it was. Yeah. Jeez, that's a long time ago. Mm -hmm. Um, but it just like it it reminded me like I've had, you know, situations like that happen doing a scene before, and like I was just it made me think of this one scene that I was doing where I was playing um I was playing someone who was blind. Uh it's from a play called uh Butterflies Are Free, which came out in like the sixties or something. They made a movie out of it with Goldie Hawn. Anyhow, um I just remember this one point in the scene, you know, and we're performing it in front of her. It wasn't a rehearsal. We were performing it. And in this scene, there's sort of like this, you know, my character is, is self-conscious and, and doesn't feel good enough for this girl and, and all this stuff. And, you know, they're kind of having like a bit of a fight breakup type of a situation. And in the scene, I'm like, I have to, because they're like, he's talking about like, oh, let me make you a sandwich or whatever. <laughs> so I've got to make sandwiches, right? <laughs> and like the, in being sort of like, I was really, I had to do something like with the way I was using my eyes to, to, to create the effect of not being able to see. And in doing that, I really wasn't able to see well. <laughs> Like, and so I wasn't actually like able to look at what I was doing with the bread and like everything else that I was doing. So I was feeling it all out. Right. And we'd rehearsed it and stuff and had figured it out. But in this scene where things are starting to like really build up and boil up, I'm trying to make these sandwiches. And I remember at one point just feeling down and realizing that I'd pulled out an extra piece of bread from the bag. And I remember just feeling it with my hands and realizing that I had too much bread <laughs> on the counter. 
And it was like, but it was so incredible because like with what was going on in the scene and sort of the self-consciousness of the, of the character being blind and that, that he, that made him not good enough. And suddenly I made this mistake and pulling out too much bread. It was like this lump just went like right in my throat. And it was just like, it was this unexpected thing that just like, just drove the scene in this way that I'm like, I don't know if anybody even noticed that. Mm. Like, I don't know if anybody realized in that instant what happened that like oh he pulled out too much bread or whatever even if my scene partner noticed that that happened but i did and it had an effect on what was going on mm -hmm. so yeah i don't know it's just interesting how that stuff happens well, and how you don't know just how much of an impact it can have well and i think that's a good point because it can happen on a micro level or a macro level like it can it can be a private thing you know, for, for you in it as an actor, you know, whereas like the spaghetti thing involved kind of the scene and the audience clearly saw it and all of that. Right. Um, the bread thing was a more intimate personal thing, but it doesn't mean that it wasn't just as important and just as impactful. It's just not as obvious, you know? And I think that there's a really good point in that, which is that these unknown things don't have to be obvious. They don't have to be these big, like scene changing alteration type of moments. They could be like, Oh, I pulled out three pieces of bread and I only needed two and I'm blind and trying to deal with this is making this kind of weird. And that all of a sudden makes this little moment a little more real, a little more something, a little more special. And these can happen like tens of hundreds of times in 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 the course of a create creation so you know like this is why i think it's interesting this conversation right because i think that we start from this emulation model we start from this kind of modeling emulating copying and all of that's just kind of i want to do what i've seen i want to play that i want to try it and then once you get some competence at that and you get a feel for it then it becomes about Am I willing to abandon what I've already seen done? Am I willing to abandon how I think this works? Am I willing to be open to dealing with it, you know, um, to, to challenge myself with it a little bit? Because that's when it starts to get interesting, you know? And, you know, I think you need to be willing to look bad. I think that's a really key component to it. You need to be willing to, to fail to make a mistake, to get stuck, to embarrass yourself. You need to be willing to do all these things. And with that room that you give yourself, you also give yourself the room to be great. You give yourself the room to do something amazing, something special, something incredible. And it's that juxtaposition, right? Because in one moment you make a fool of yourself in the next, you make a hero of yourself and you have room, but if it's all controlled, you don't get either, but you get a very safe, controlled thing and there's no freedom in that i mean at yeah. the end of the day i mean i think that's kind of what we've come to right there is no freedom in the sticking to the plan and staying controlled and relying entirely on technique you know that's where it becomes kind of placid and boring and it might do the job but it's nothing special about it it's nothing memorable about it mm -hmm. not just for others but for you it's just you did the job and I think that 
you know, way of the artist, you know, our whole philosophy is like, well, let's make your life a masterpiece. Right. And this is kind of advice to do that. This is about how you make your life a masterpiece, not how you make your life a job you get done. Yeah. How you really do your job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, beer. Yeah. Okay. I'll go first. Um, this one's from Scotland. I don't know if that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> We've just lost all of our audience. We lost Scotland. everybody. We're just like, uh, screw this, this is, guy. Uh, yeah, well, look, I don't know. I just threw it in there. <laughs> I wasn't trying. Okay. It's uh, Innes and Gun. Innes and Gun. And this is a lager. And it's from Scotland. And it's delicious. And, uh, you know... Back in the day when you and I were in acting school, I don't know if you remember this, but um, our friend Hillary, she would always get it. And it kind of came one of the beers that was like the go-to beers when we went out for beers after acting class. And uh, I was like, you know what? I haven't had that one in a while. Let's try it out. And it's delicious. Maybe like we it. should. Excellent. I was going to say, maybe we should get Hillary on the show. We should. We should. Have a chat with her. She's, she's, she's fucking great yeah she is <laughs> um i'm gonna I'm, i've got a little bit of a twist on this one today because um you know we we hadn't planned on recording today and then it just sort of worked out that, that we had to record today uh so i didn't i don't have a, a craft beer okay. uh, however what was in the fridge was a craft cider uh, from that's the from, literally like half half a click away from me um which if there's people out there apparently click is a uh, is a canadianism it's a canadian term it means kilometer uh <laughs> to anyone who doesn't know so it's like half a click away um and from a place called sunday cider and uh, this is called their sunday rosé and uh it says enjoy juicy layers of fresh fruit and flowers ripe okanagan apples co-fermented with Saskatoon berries, hibiscus, and elderflowers. Bright and dry, easy like Sunday. And it's delicious. Like a not-so-serious Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Hey, look at that. I didn't even think about that. That's hilarious. It all works out. Yeah, man. We I brought the the I brought the Sunday to the podcast. We didn't did. have Well, look at that. It's funny how these things work out, eh? It is. Eh? <laughs> Hey. <laughs> All right. Let's wrap this baby up. I think we 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 talked a good we talked a good talk. We talked a good game. Yeah. Well, yes, <laughs> um, we did. I like this one. You know, this was uh this was a fun talk. And actually I'm gonna walk away with a bit more clarity. And I think um, you know, these are kind of things that I, I was aware of, but this talk that we had gave me a little bit of um I don't know, a little bit more confidence to just trust my myself you know where i've gotten to in my own creative career um because i've been i've been really i gotta tell you i, I haven't really told you this one-on-one -on -one recently but i've been really thinking i'm ready to write my next script like i just the bug is in me now man Beautiful. i don't know the creative the creative like it's been a little while um but the creative juices are flowing and and the, the ideas are popping off and i'm just like okay like i'm ready um but I think I'm going to take this talk into this uh, next next project and just, you know, I think I know what I'm doing and I'm going to go with that and I'm going to let it unfold. And I'm going to trust that in thinking I know what I'm doing, that's enough. 
because I think I've been holding off on some things because it's like, I don't really know. But it's like, no, that, that's that's not important. You have enough. I do. I know I have enough. I have enough the technique, the skill, the craft. I got all that stuff figured out. I have a lot of the characters and ideas worked out for some of these things. And I know, I know that really it's just time to just get started. I think I know what I'm doing and then I'm going to let it unfold and I'll deal with it as it comes up. And I think this is kind of, um, not just for my next creative project, but I'm going to apply that to life as well, because, you know, it's, it's, it's been interesting that way because I realized, yeah, like I just got to grant myself the allowance to be free, you know, and it seems so simple and it really is, but I just needed this talk, I think, to get that kind of final, that final little piece of this puzzle kind of, it's like, I feel like I just built the bridge today, you know, to cross whatever it is I'm trying to cross creatively. So maybe uh, someone else can take something from that, but that's what I'm going to do. Nice. Yeah. This has been a, a, a terrific one. And there's been so much about unknown in this, in this, that I didn't expect because we kind of just jumped into this conversation with just like this, this exact podcast has sort of been an embodiment of sort of what we talked about, you know, and, yeah. uh, and I think that that's, uh, <laughs> again, funny how these things work out. Yeah. Uh, actually, can I stop you? That's a great example of like, just what I just said. Yeah. We started this with going, I think we know what we're doing. <laughs> we yeah. think we know what we're doing. And then it was enough. That's enough. And I'm really happy with this talk. I mean, you know, maybe there's some audience members out there that enjoyed it as well, but it's like, it really was enough to get a conversation going. And some, in some ways, not knowing was actually what benefited it, at yeah. least for me. Yeah. I think that sort of what it's showing me is like, it's like, do you, ha do you have enough that, do you have your jumping off point? Do you have enough that you can jump off from? Cause that's all you need. You know what I mean? Like that's all you need. And the rest is going to, is going to show itself to you. And, and yeah, again, that's such an acting, you know, wisdom right there. You just need enough to jump off of and now go, you know, like see what happens. And, and, um, you know, I want to refer again to, to, to what you said earlier, which is, you know, freedom is seeing that you don't know. And I think that there's this sort of, uh, journey that we all, that we all go through in, in our lives. And particularly if you're in creative enterprise and, and the arts and stuff where it's like, you know, you start from this place where it's like, you don't know what you're doing, but you got, you got energy and, and excitement and, and passion and, you know, and the willingness to, to just try things out and, and you do it and you don't know. And, and you maybe realize that, that you, you, in a weird way, kind of, do know a few things about this. Um, and then you go through a stage where you maybe get a bit more serious about it. And then suddenly you're learning all of these things. Someone's teaching you all of these things and you're like, holy shit, I don't know anything. And so then you go in this process of like, okay, well, I know all of these things, but then you've got to let that shit go. Right. And now go back to kind of, and then go into a stage of being like, okay, well, I don't know again. Right. But you're saying, I don't know from a different place yes. than you were before. You're saying, I don't know from 
a place of just open acceptance and excitement and and you've got everything you need to make that jump thanks for listening to the show if you got something out of this if you feel it improved your life or your journey in any way please take a moment to subscribe leave a review or share the episode you can also support us on patreon where we have tons of great bonuses You are the ones that make the show possible and help us to thrive. Thank you for joining us.